Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today to take your calls and answer your questions here on the air. Uh, you can also give us a text message. We'd love to hear from you either way. Uh, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 is the text number. This is the show where you can call in or you can text us with your questions about the Bible. Or if you have things going on in your life, you'd like to know what God's Word says about them, we'd love to discuss that with you. And we'd also love to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request or something that you'd like for, uh, prayed for on the air, We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to lift those prayer requests up for you together with uh, all of those who are listening. I want to say welcome to all of those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. We're on Grace FM broadcasting live from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Pueblo, Colorado. So welcome to those of you who are tuning in live. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you tuned in today. Just a reminder to those of you on the East Coast and in the, in the area around Tennessee that you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in and then you have the opportunity that you can tune in the following week after you call in and you can listen to yourself on the radio and you can listen to your call once again. So that's a cool opportunity for those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee. We also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. We know there's so many of you who tune in to this program via the mobile app or the website. Just a reminder to those of you who don't have that app yet, just go on your mobile phone or your app or your tablet and you can go in your app store whichever one you use and just type in grace fm in the search bar it should come right up we have an android app and an apple uh, itunes app and so you can go on there download that app and you can listen to any of our programs on grace fm live including this one and you can also listen to grace fm live um, via your website so you just on your web browser if you're sitting at your laptop or your desktop or wherever you're at you can go to gracefm.com and you can pull it up and you can listen right there in your browser as well. So however you've tuned in today, welcome to the program. We're so glad that you are with us. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're a church that loves Jesus. We love to worship God. We have a, a great children's ministry and we'd love for you to join us. If you are in Longmont or in any of the surrounding towns or the surrounding area, anywhere near Longmont, come on out, visit us, worship with us, study the word with us. God's doing great things at Whitefields, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. I've been the pastor here for six years. Uh, before that, I was a missionary in Hungary, which I've, I've talked about on the show uh, sometimes. I was there for 10 years before that. Um, yeah, I've been at this church now. I've been the lead pastor here for six years. We are located in downtown Longmont, 
So if you're familiar with the city of Longmont, we are one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. Our address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a historical building. It's a kind of the center of a lot of community events here in Longmont are centered in Roosevelt Park, and we're just on the edge of Roosevelt Park. We're on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. And we'd love for you to check us out. So check us out online, uh, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can get directions, service times. Uh, you can also listen to some of our past messages. We're just right now in a series through the book of Romans. And this coming Sunday is our final study in Romans. We're really excited. We've been studying Romans since, I believe, May. might be June. Um, I have to go back and check. But we've been studying Romans for several months. We've taken a couple breaks here and there. But we have been studying through this book. And it is a, uh, a, a great study. It's Paul's kind of magnum opus of Christian theology where he presents the gospel and he answers some frequently asked questions about things like the role of Israel in God's plan um, of salvation as well as um, he answers how the gospel transforms all of our relationships. Just this past Sunday we studied Romans chapter 15, the second half, and um, great study in Romans 15 because what he talks about there is something which applies to all of our lives. What he talks about in Romans 15 is interesting because he talks about how he has this goal in his life to go and share the gospel and be a missionally minded person. So that's the first thing we learn is what it means to be missionally minded. Just understanding the centrality of the gospel, that the gospel is not something we just hear once and believe and then, then move on to other things, but the gospel is something we need to be reminded of over and over and over and apply to every area of our lives. And then he moves on and he talks about his plans for the future. And this is the part of that, that section that really intrigues me about Romans 15. Because Paul's writing from Corinth and he says, okay, here's my plan. I'm going to go and take this money that I've collected to Jerusalem. And then when I get to Jerusalem, I'm going to hand them the money, have a great time with them for a little bit. And then I'm going to hop on a boat and I'm going to come hang out with you guys in Rome. And then I'm going to go to Spain and preach the gospel from there. And what's interesting is that we know exactly what happened to Paul after he left Corinth because that's recorded for us in Acts chapter 20 verses 1 through 3. Well, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And so we, we know eight more chapters of what happened to Paul the Apostle that he leaves Corinth, goes to Jerusalem, and he says in, in Romans, he says, pray that I will be received well in Jerusalem. And then he says, then I look forward to being refreshed when I come to you in Rome. Well, Paul goes to Jerusalem and despite his prayers, despite the prayers of the people in Rome, uh, Paul is not well received in Jerusalem. In fact, he's not even well received by the Christians there. They, they receive him with suspicion. And then he is not well received by the people who are not Christians either. And they kind of entrap him and accuse him of some stuff. They start a riot. He ends up getting arrested. He ends up staying in jail without charges, kind of being illegally held for several years there in Jerusalem. And so rather than going to Rome and then moving on to Spain, kind of as he planned, nothing goes according to Paul's plan. And I find that so interesting. But as you look at Paul's life, what you find is that even though nothing went according to his plan, he submitted his plans to God. So I think there's two things in there that we want to know. One is it's a good thing to make plans. The Bible actually says some pretty harsh things against people who don't make plans. So we should make plans, but we should always submit the outcome to God.
And when life takes a turn, we got to remember God's providence and God's promises. And we keep in mind that our goal, we should focus more on how we live this life than where we are in life geographically or in our stage in life. So it's a great study this past week in Romans chapter 15. I'm still uh, kind of, you know, on that that spiritual high of, of studying that message and and thinking through those things. And this coming Sunday, we'll be looking at chapter 16, the final chapter in the book of Romans. And then we're going to uh, move on to our our Advent study, which is called Joy to the World. So all that to say, we'd love to have you join us at Whitefields Community Church. If you're in the area, check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com, or join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We have all open lines right now. We did have one caller, but let me give you the numbers to call just in case there's any of you out there who have been wanting to call and waiting for me to say the numbers. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. We'd love to hear from you with your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests, or questions about things going on in your life. All open lines, so it's a great time to call in. Give us a call. Looks like we did have one caller already, but they asked to not be on the air. But here's what they said. They said they want to say thank you for praying for them on the show before. So I guess we we prayed for this person. He had problems with not wanting to be in relationships with people for a very long time. But he just started going to church again this past weekend. So that's a praise report. So, hey, thanks for calling in and giving that report. Love to hear those reports because so often we get calls from people and we pray for oftentimes some pretty serious things here on the show. And it's always great to hear those reports of how God has answered those prayers and how God's working in your life. So, hey, praise the Lord. Glad to hear that you're you're taking those steps out into the water and getting back into church. And I pray that that would just be a blessed thing, that you would grow through it. And, and I pray that God would protect you from getting hurt. But I also want to tell you that we think about Jesus, that he came to this world and he got hurt. And yet it was worth it. And that's the example that we have and the motivation we have ourselves for being in fellowship with other people. Because, in fact, I believe that we cannot be who or we will not become who God desires us to be apart from committed, consistent Christian fellowship. So I'm glad to hear that you're back in uh, fellowship, whoever you are calling in or and not being on the air. But uh, thanks for that report. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Dawn in Colorado Springs. Hi, Dawn. How you hey, doing? Hey, Pastor. Good, af- good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Good. And Nick, Nick, my question was this. A couple of weeks ago, back on the show, you had a guest, and you guys got into a little bit about differences in religions, and you had mentioned that the biggest difference between Christianity and all other religions is the grace that we experience through the death of Jesus on the cross, through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, uh, and um, Jehovah's Witnesses came up, and you said, I was just wondering why Jehovah's Witnesses don't experience that same grace that we get, because I have a friend at work who was a Jehovah's Witness, and, you know, there seems to be a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. but uh, I was just curious why, you know, they didn't get the same, don't experience the same grace of Jesus that we do. Yeah, and so what I said in that time, you're absolutely right. So grace, so I would say the means of salvation and the person of Jesus. These are these are the two big issues um, that separate, like, what we'd say, Christianity from... So Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons fall into the category that we call pseudo-Christianity. And, um, and that means that they have a lot of the same things. You know, they have the Bible, although, like with the Jehovah's Witnesses, they have created their own translation in order to kind of back up their theology. 
Um, so their theology is really a big issue. And I, I think that's really important that we understand this, that sometimes I think in our day and age, you know, there's been this kind of backlash against uh, scholasticism and all that, where we say, hey, I'm not into theology, I'm just into Jesus. But let me tell you, it is impossible to talk about Jesus without theology. Everybody has theology, whether you are a atheist even or an agnostic, everybody has theology. So theology absolutely matters too. Doctrine is very important. So when it comes to Jehovah's Witnesses, that's really the issue. Uh, it's those two things. Number one, that they they have a different doctrine of Christ. And number two, that they have a different means of salvation. Okay, so I'll, I'll go into those. I'll start with the means of salvation because that's the, the grace part that you're talking about. And that okay. is this, that um, if you would ask them, how are you saved? They would not say, uh, I'm saved purely by um, grace alone through faith alone. You know, these great Reformation solas, you know, the, the alone statements of the Reformation that state okay. how we're saved, right? So we would say we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. So there's three out of the five Reformation solas just in that one statement. And and so what that means is that we don't we don't we believe that the only thing that we contribute to our salvation is our sin. So we do not by any means save ourselves. Our good works do not contribute to our salvation. We don't earn it. Um, they're not prerequisites for our salvation. Now, on the other hand, Jehovah's Witnesses would say opposite of that. They would say that in order for us to be saved, we have to earn it. Now, now just real quickly, a little bit of Jehovah's Witness doctrine on heaven. Here's what they believe. They believe that everybody will be saved in the new heavens and the new earth but 144,000 of the most elite will experience kind of the true, you know, what you think of when you think of heaven. Like they will experience the presence of God eternally. And so there, there's kind of two stages. They believe that everybody will experience new heavens and the new earth, but 144,000 will go to heaven, heaven. And... um now that's changed over time. Originally, they said only 144,000 would be saved, um, but you know that's hard to justify when your organization now has over 144,000 followers. So, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. So they they changed that doctrine. So now, and so so and and that is also different, right? So they would say, really, you don't have to do anything to be saved. They have a kind of form of universalism that says everybody gets saved, no matter if they believe or not, or no matter, um, yeah, no matter if they've received God's grace or not. Um, on the other hand, then, if you want to go to heaven, heaven, and you want to be part of that 144,000, that is something that you have to earn through different various religious works and deeds and serving the church and doing evangelism and things like that. So their means of salvation is radically different than Christianity. Right. Uh, the other part is Jesus. And this is a pretty important point because... Um, so. Jehovah's Witnesses are actually, like in theological terms, we would refer to them as Neo-Aryans. Now, they're not the only Neo-Aryan group, but what that means is that in 325 AD, there was the first ecumenical council. It was called the Council of Nicaea. And the Council of Nicaea gathered uh, for a few purposes, but the main purpose was because there was a teaching being spread by a guy named Arius. And Arius was teaching that Jesus wasn't actually God, but that he was kind of a sub-god, in a sense, uh, like a god in a small g, but not actually deity, 
So mm-hmm. that he was a created being and, um, and that affects a lot of things about how you view salvation. In fact, I have one really good call that I was hoping, or one text message that I was hoping to answer later in the show, which is uh, from a Neo-Aryan person who called a few weeks ago, and I told him I'd get back to him. But his question was, why is it even essential that Jesus be God in order for us to be saved? And uh, and I have a good answer for that, but I, I don't want to get bogged down in that right now. I just want to say this, that <laughs> that's the other thing. They don't believe that Jesus is a fully God. They believe that he's a created being. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate those answers, and I'll be looking forward to uh, you answering that text message later in the show also. Yeah, I, I hope. <laughs> I, I will make sure I get to it. You know, I will say one last thing. I think there are a lot of really sincere Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and I'll tell you where Jehovah's Witness uh, beliefs differ from, like, Mormon beliefs, and that is that Jehovah's Witnesses at least began from the point of the fact that they believed the Scriptures, and they were trying to... Um, believe something according to the scriptures. Whereas Mormons, it seems like the scriptures are really, really secondary uh, to what they believe. Or maybe even, you know, tertiary, like peripheral to them. Um, mm. So, anyway, that's um, that's the only uh, thing I would say is that I think there are a lot of people who get into the Jehovah's Witness faith because they want to believe the Bible. and um, And unfortunately... You know, once you get into it, though, they often take the Bible out of your hands, which I think should also be a big red flag, that they really encourage people to read their interpretation of the Bible through their magazine, Watchtower magazine, and Awake, mm-hmm. two magazines. Um, but, you know, that that's what's so odd about it, is that they started out as a Bible study group. They got into some heresy, which is interesting because that heresy is you know like i said that heresy goes all the way back to 325 a.d the very first council of the church where they just determined based on the scriptures that that was not scriptural but um, but it's so interesting that a movement that started off as a bible study movement has now taken the bible out of the hands of their people in order to promote their doctrine so anyway don't i digress (laughs) god bless you (laughs) you did not thanks for very informative and i appreciate it Oh, I'm glad. Thanks, Don. God bless you. Uh, You too, Nick. God bless. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. Let's go to Corey in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Corey. Welcome to the program. Corey, are you there? Um, Hello? Hi, Corey. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Great. What's your question? My my question was, um, where did God come from? I feel God, and I know He's there. My faith is like so strong right now. I've I've been last six months feeling Him and through, all through me, and I feel Him holding me, and I'm feeling like Him giving me the right directions because I'm walking His path, and I'm just I, it's, I I guess it's a question I shouldn't be asking, but I was just curious, and I just needed to ask, like, where did He come from? He, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I, my faith knows he's there. I know for a fact. But just so, where did so God let me come answer. from? Yeah, that's a, I don't think it's a bad question at all. I think it's a really good question. And the answer is that God is the uncreated um, creator. So God has no origin. In other words, like he wasn't created. There was never a time when God was not. 
Now that right. might that's kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around, right? But I would just tell you think of it like okay. this. It'd be like if I asked you a question, "Hey, what does the color blue smell like?" You'd be like, sure. "Well, uh, I'm not sure because I don't think colors have a smell." And that's that's how it is when we ask that question about God, like, "Where did God come from?" Well, God is the uncreated creator. There was never a time when God didn't exist, but all things have been created right. by him. So. All right. Yeah, well, hey, can I just ask you real quick, Corey, I think that's awesome that you are uh, feeling God's presence in your life. I would just encourage you, let me ask you, what are you doing now to seek God? Are, are, what steps are you taking? Right now, I'm actually taking steps like in my own home with my um, fiance that we're planning on getting married. And there's like, she reads, she's been reading the Bible to me and actually been getting me in into it. And this has been going on for the last six, seven months. And we got, we just got um, baptized oh, about, cool. about, about three months ago at CCC, Christian Community Church in White Marsh. Cool. And since that happened, I feel the Lord so deeply to where <laughs> the, just the people that I knew, besides like my mother and my father, they always, you know, tell me about the Lord, but it's like, people look at me like I'm crazy, and it's like, it should be the number one thing that you should be thinking about. <laughs> it, I mean, it, I, I was scared at first, but it's like, now I'm not scared anymore, because I, I feel him, like, I feel like energy through my whole body, and I just feel him, I don't, you know, hear his voice, but I just feel him touching me, it could be him or the angels, I don't know, something is inside me to where I'm walking that path, and I'm I have thanks for everything in the world, for my breath, my my plumbing, you know, I mean, my roof over my head, for the simplest things in life. You know, you know, the, just the technology of the day. It's like I'm thankful for it. That's good, man. Hey, you got a Bible? Yes. Okay. Not you, in front of me, it? though. I'm, well, no, no. I'm just asking. Do you have a Bible in general? Are you reading it? I want yes, you to, because what I want to see for you, Corey, I want to see you get rooted and grounded. That's what uh, one of the Bible verses says in Colossians. He says, I want you to be rooted and grounded in your faith. Think okay. about like a building with foundation or a tree that has roots that go deep that you don't see. The way that you're going to get that is by studying the Word of God. And so in your church, I want you to get involved okay. in Bible study groups. I want you to read your Bible at home. Keep listening to, are you listening on... Uh, which radio station are you listening on? You're listening on... 97.5. Hope yeah, Hope FM. Awesome, man. Yeah, Hope FM, yeah. Yeah. Hey, God bless you. Let me pray for you, and then I'm going to let you go. All Heavenly right. Father, I pray for Corey. I thank you that his uh, he is moving towards you, that he's gotten baptized, that he's sensing your presence. Lord, I pray that he would truly be rooted and grounded in his faith, and uh, and that he would come to know your word, that he might know you through it. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless Amen. you, Corey. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. Let's go to our next caller, Marty, in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Marty. Welcome to the program. Marty. Well, I do see what Marty's question was. Marty asked, how can I get back on track with the Lord? So let me just answer your question, uh, Marty. And I think it's a great question, very honorable thing to desire to get back on track with the Lord. Here's what I would tell you. Imagine it like this. 
Imagine that you're running from God. You, or maybe you're just walking away from him slowly. And, um, but here's the thing. Wherever you are right now at this moment, however far you've gone or however long you've been walking in that opposite direction, if you will change direction and turn around. Did you know that's actually what the word repent means? It just means to simply turn around. If you will turn around and change directions and turn your face to the Lord, rather than away from the Lord, I guarantee he'll be right there when you turn around because he hasn't left you. He's still pursuing you. He's the God who pursues. So Marty, I just want you to know this. God is pursuing you. That's the whole reason why you have a desire to get back on track with God in the first place is because he's pursuing you. And so I just tell you, repent, meaning not just repent like confess your sins. What I mean is change directions, change the whole orientation of your life and turn to him and receive, number one, forgiveness that he wants to give you. Confess your sins, receive forgiveness. You know, First John says that if, that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so Marty, if you will confess your sins to the Lord, he will forgive you and you can receive that forgiveness. And the other, other thing is this, how to get back on track couple things you got to get in fellowship i just talked about that with the earlier caller got to get in fellowship it's so important i truly believe that we will not become who god desires us to be apart from committed consistent christian fellowship and the other part is um not only uh get in fellowship but study your word just like i was telling Corey, our last caller i want you to study the word both individually i want you to just read it even if you don't fully understand every little thing you're reading just read it store it up it's like like bringing it into a warehouse or a storehouse you're bringing it in you're putting it on the shelf and later on those words not only do they transform your mind and heart but later on you're going to be able to go back into the storehouse and pull things out in due season and things that you've learned even if you didn't fully understand them the first time you read them so read the word of god and i'm also tell you not just go to church but get involved in like a small group bible study Whatever that might be, I'm sure that your church has them. I'm sure that uh, there's one in your neighborhood. Get involved in a group Bible study where you can interact with other Christians and be built up. So, uh, Marty, so glad that you're tuning into Grace FM. That's also going to be good for you to hear some Bible teaching over the radio. So thanks for this, and uh, I pray that truly God would um, help you to grow and get rooted and grounded in your faith as well. So God bless you, Marty. Thanks for the, thanks for the call. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are coming up on our one, our two-minute break here in the middle of the show. Um, let's see who is next. Looks like we've got Hannah in Pennsylvania. Let's let's pick up this call. We're probably going to have to put you back on hold, Hannah, but um, let's just talk with you until we go to break. Hannah, are you there? I am. Thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, so I, I don't um, know if you heard this, but um, we do have a break coming up in about one minute. I did. So. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. So what was your question? Um, you know, it's not nearly the most impressive question I feel I've had about oh, the Bible. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> thank you. I, you know, uh, lately I just, I, I feel like um, I'm struggling with just the idea of the Christianity in general being, feeling made up to me. Yeah. Like, and I can't really point to a specific concept. Well, I guess the mo- the biggest thing to me is like the hope of heaven. Like it feels like something we would just tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have actually a ton of thoughts on this topic. I, I struggled with this myself, actually, even as a as a young pastor. I was a pastor for about two years. I had planted a church, and um, I was pastoring that church. And I remember one Sunday just hearing myself as I talked and starting to wonder, is any of this even true? Like, is this all mm-hmm. just made up? And um yeah. I'm going to leave you with that cliffhanger because our music has started. (laughs) And uh, if you'll hang on with me through the break, it's two minutes long, and I'll answer your question right after that. So thanks, Hannah. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. We will be right back after 30 seconds answering more of your questions about the Bible. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. The number to call, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. While I've got you here, let me just take the opportunity to uh, invite those of you in the Longmont, Colorado area to join us this Sunday or any Sunday at the church I pastor, which is called Whitefields Community Church. We meet at 10 a.m. in downtown Longmont, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, just right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. You can get directions, information, listen to previous messages all on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Now, I want to go back to our previous caller who we were talking to before the break, who was uh, Hannah in Pennsylvania. Hannah, thanks for holding. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so what we were talking about is you're saying that it almost seems you've been struggling with wondering, uh, are some of the things in the Bible just kind of like um, there to be, you know, kind of even what... um, the communists called, you know, the opiate of the people, right? Just to mm-hmm. kind of um, make us feel better. Right. And, um, you know, so you had mentioned, did you say particularly there was one doctrine that was... Well, the idea of heaven. Heaven, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so um, I have so many things, it's almost hard to know where to start. I'll tell you my story first. So I had told you before the break, there was a time when I was even a pastor where I started to even doubt, is this stuff made up? Is this for real? Mm-hmm. And what happened during that time is I I realized that a lot of my faith was based on things that I had heard. And I I think it's actually pretty normal that these are kind of stages that you go through in faith. And and I'll I'll explain what I mean. When I first became a Christian, I was like, you know, voraciously reading and listening and soaking everything up, you know, like a sponge. Mm -hmm. Everything that I heard, whether in church or in books. But after a few years, it almost felt like, you know, I had the facade of of looking like a Christian and feeling like a Christian, but mm-hmm. um, but I started to really doubt that I actually believed those things for real. Like I mm-hmm. knew a lot of answers to stuff. I knew what the Bible said, but then I began to wonder, do I actually believe that? And at the time, I didn't realize it, but in as I've gotten older and as I've talked to other people, I've now come to believe this is actually an important stage in faith. And I believe it's called what we call like a crisis of faith 
where you start to actually say, okay, all these things I was taught that I just believed because I was told them, do I really mm -hmm. believe them? Are they really things that I know and believe? And so I went on this kind of journey. So I, like I said, I was already a pastor, and I had scheduled at that time a six-week trip to the United States. We lived in Hungary at the time. So I was uh, had the six-week trip. We never took trips that long, but we took the six-week trip, and it couldn't have come at a better time because I was like, God, I don't even know if I even believe in anything, like, I don't know if I'm a Christian and if I'm not a Christian, well, then I should definitely not be a pastor and maybe I need to step down and find a different career or something. So we went and we stayed at this house in uh, Carlsbad, California. We stayed in somebody's backyard. They had like a pool house and we stayed in it, just one room with my wife and I. And I just remember sp I spent that time thinking, maybe doing a little more thinking even than praying because I wasn't even sure if I believed in God at that point. And, um, and here's what happened. I felt like what happened is I had to kind of strip things down. You know, like think of a house, like when you strip it down to the studs or even down to the foundation. I felt like I had to strip things all the way down to the foundation just to the question of, okay, number one, do I believe in God? And I couldn't shake the fact that, yes, I believe in God. Like I look at the the systems in this world, the systems in our body, the way the biology and chemistry work, and I can't deny that there's a designer and a creator. And from there, everything seemed to build upon itself. If there is a designer and a creator, well, then it would make sense that he would want to communicate with us. It would make sense that if he is loving, which it seems that he is from even just observing nature, right? He causes mm. the rain to fall on the wicked and the good alike. Mm. He's a good God who provides us with everything we need so that we have food and air and all these things. Well, it makes sense that he would want to reach out to us. It would make sense that he would want to save us if we needed saving. And and then you look at the world and you say, wow, there's all these wrong things. Well, clearly, not only is there evil in the world, there's evil in me. Uh, and so, you know, just one by one, it was almost like, you know, you could say you took apart the house and in it was almost like from the foundation up, rebuilding that house brick by brick. Mm. And what was interesting is that I I ended up with what I would say is a maybe a thinner but more robust faith because it was mm. my faith and uh, and it, it had been critically assessed. And so what happened, you know, is that there were some things which I realized, okay, there are things which are secondary and there are things which are primary. Mm. And the things which are primary, I absolutely did believe in. The things which were secondary, I became less uh, dogmatic about, although I still have opinions about them. I'm just less dogmatic about them. But I think that's a really healthy place to be at. So, Hannah, all that to say, what about heaven? On that issue, I would say this. Have you ever noticed that every movie, um, they're like movie plots, right? You already kind of know what's going to happen before you watch the movie. Right. Like if it's a if it's a romantic comedy, you know what's going to happen. Right. There's going to be a guy. There's going to be a girl. They're going to get in a fight. Then there's going to be a big crisis and they're going to almost split up. But in the end, they're going to get back together and everything's going to be OK. Like, you know, that that's what's going to happen. Or you watch mm -hmm. The Lord of the Rings and you know that you're going to spend five hours, you know, watching the extended version. But, you know, in the end, what's going to happen. And yet people watch them over and over and over. Why is that? Well, did you notice that every there, there's only a couple themes that run through all of the stories in the books that we like. They're themes of love that never ends. In other words, they depict things that aren't always true in our lives, right? So mm -hmm. things that aren't, you know, we long for good to conquer evil, but in, in our lives, that doesn't always happen. 
We long for love that never ends. But in our lives, that doesn't always happen. See, in other words, there are these deep longings of the human heart, and they're depicted in these stories. And that's the reason we long for, that's the reason we love to watch movies and we love to read books, is because these stories depict what's, what our hearts desire. And there was this guy named Tolkien. You've heard of Tolkien. He wrote Lord of the Rings. And then there was right. C.S. Lewis. And uh, one of the great things that I've gotten to do recently in my life was that I, um, I graduated college. I went to college in England. And I graduated college. And I was able to take my family. And there's this place where C.S. Lewis had been led to faith by J.R.R. Tolkien. And they took this walk around this uh, this uh, lake, but it's kind of part of the river Cherwell in Oxford. And I got to take my kids on that walk and tell them about this talk that J.R.R. Tolkien had with C.S. Lewis, which led C.S. Lewis out of atheism and into faith. And it was on this exact topic we're talking about, where C.S. Lewis said, you know, I see that I have these longings in my, how do I know basically that the Bible isn't just a fairy tale? Right. And, and what uh, Tolkien told him is he said that all the stories in the world that the story of Jesus is the underlying reality to which all those other stories point. That mm -hmm. the, the gospel story is the true story of the world. And he said, because in the gospel, you have everything that you long for everywhere else. You have, you know, life that never ends, love that never ends. You have, you know, sacrificial love that conquers death. And you have victory snatched from the jaws of defeat. And he says, don't you see that the gospel story encompasses all of those things because it's the true story of the world and the proof of that is that Jesus rose from the dead and that is a historically verifiable as far as we can verify facts historically that is one that we can say is likely almost a hundred percent that it actually happened and if it did happen then it proves that the story of Jesus is the true story of the world my point with all that is to say this the fact that you long to go to heaven um, and the Bible says that there is a heaven doesn't mean that the Bible is just trying to placate you or trying to make you feel better. What it means is that that's the true story of the world. And the reason your heart desires it in the first place is because that is what you were made for. But of course, we've been fallen and we desire to get back to that place where things are the way they were meant to be. Mm. So it's a very long answer, but I would just tell you that your, your hope in heaven and the fact that the Bible points us to heaven, it isn't just a pie in the sky feel better and everything's going to be okay type of thing. It's actually something that's rooted in, in history. It's something that uh, our hearts long for because it is the true story of the world. So Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I just did a, a funeral this past weekend for uh, my uncle. It was the first time I've done a funeral for a family member. And that was exactly what I talked about was that wow. we all desire something greater. And that isn't because... We just want to feel bad about our mortality or we want to feel good about our mortality. It's because there is an underlying reality and the reason we desire it is because we were made for it. So I hope that uh, helps answer your question. It really does. Thank you so much. Awesome. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Harry in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Harry. Welcome to the program. Harry. I don't know if Harry's there anymore, but Harry had a really good question, and I have it written out here for me. And so I'm going to answer that before we go on to our next question. But Harry, if you come back to the phone, I uh, would love to continue talking with you. Here's Harry's question. Harry's from Baltimore. He says this, The Bible seems to dictate that if you're a slave, 
or even a, a minority of some sort, that you should remain as such. What should a modern-day Christian do about unfair treatment of minorities, oppression, racism, etc.? Harry, you have touched on something I'm very passionate about. Thank you for this question. Now, uh, perhaps, Harry, you're referencing this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which says this, Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it, for if you were made free, then rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while is free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let us let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. That's 1 Corinthians 7. Okay, so Harry, your question. Um, does the Bible say that if you are in a oppressed situation, for example, that you should just accept it and not try to change it? Uh, no, I don't believe that's the case, and I'll give you a few reasons. There's a situation in um, Philemon, really short book in the New Testament. Paul wrote it when he was in house arrest in Rome. Philemon, here's what happened. There was an, a, a guy who had a slave. That slave escaped and came to Rome, which makes sense, right? The slaves would come to the big city where you can be anonymous and kind of blend in. And he somehow met Paul, so he was part of the... He, probably be well he obviously did become a christian and what's weird is that paul actually knew the slave owner from his travels before and so you can imagine this weird situation he's in where he meets this escaped slave and he says oh where are you from and he says oh i'm from this town and he's like oh i know some people in that town and he goes oh really and paul's like yeah i know this guy for example uh, named philemon and he says oh uh uh yeah that's my master and i ran away and so paul writes this letter and he says Hey, Philemon, check it out. Onesimus, your slave, has uh, escaped. And he says, I'm sending him back to you. But here's what he says. He says, I'm sending him back to you, but I don't want you to receive him as a slave. I want you to receive him as a brother. You see, the, the whole New Testament, and, and actually the Old Testament too, undermines the whole uh, institution of slavery in the way that we think about it in, in our society. Now, some people would be like, but doesn't the Bible say, like, hey, slaves, obey your masters? Yes. But you got to understand, when we talk about slavery in North America, and the way it was practiced, or South America, the slavery in the Americas was very different than the slavery that was practiced in the Roman Empire. Slavery was practiced in the Roman Empire in the ancient world was really what we would call indentured servitude. This is where you go to work for somebody for a, de a defined period of time, so it might be seven years. In the Old Testament, it was seven years, and after seven years, you had to be set free. And that was for the purpose of paying off a debt or getting out of poverty. You know, if you were a poor person, you could say, hey, uh, I'm just going to go. I want to work for this wealthy person who lives down the way. And that person's going to feed me and clothe me and take care of me. And I will be their servant. That's probably a better way that for us to think about it in our modern English vernacular. Um, now, here's what's interesting. The New Testament actually lists what we call, so the North American version and South American version of slavery um, is talked about in the Bible, and it's called man-stealing. So Paul talks about this, like in 1 Timothy, he says that there's this thing called man-stealing. This is kidnapping, so you would kidnap someone and then force them to work for you. You're holding them, at, and that's what we think of when we think of slavery in the modern day. Whether it's even, we talk about sex slavery, um, that's the same thing. Somebody taking someone against their will and forcing them to do work for them. And that's called man-stealing in the Bible. And that actually is listed as one of these sins for which people will be judged by God. Um, it's listed alongside murder, 
right? So it's, it's up there as like one of the worst things you can possibly do. Uh, as far as other things like unfair treatment of minorities, oppression, racism, you know, the New Testament speaks against these things so clearly, right? Saying that, hey, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, nor male nor female. In other words, it says we are all, and it doesn't say, in other words, it literally says we are one in Christ. What that means is that all these distinctions that society places, they're taken away. So there is no room for racism. There is no room for uh, treating minorities differently. And that's really, really important for us to recognize as Christians. Um, I just read a great book uh, by Brian Stevenson called Just Mercy. I'd recommend it for uh, all of you guys out there. Uh, Brian Stevenson is an African-American lawyer. Um, he worked for the Equal Justice, or he has an institute called the Equal Justice Institute. He's a Christian, and his uh, Christianity has driven him to work for equal justice for the poor and equal justice for minorities, and he's doing a great work. And so, yeah, check that out. It's a great book. Um, it's called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. So I hope that answers your question, Harry. Thanks so much for calling in. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. We have about 13 minutes left in the show and several more callers. Um, but let's go to Allie in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Allie. Welcome to the program. Allie. Okay, so Allie had a question. Looks like I've been... Uh, little bit. Okay, so Allie's question is this. She was raised Methodist. She's going to Legacy Christian in Thornton and feels drawn to Calvary Aurora. Uh, what are the differences between these churches? Well, you know, Legacy Christian and Calvary Aurora are part of the same um, group of churches. I would say, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see a big difference there uh, between those churches. In fact, I know both of the pastors of Legacy Christian um, John Nunnally is a good friend of mine, and Ed Taylor's a good friend of mine. So, you know, they, it's doctrinally uh, and even in style, you're not going to find difference between those churches. Um, they're, they're related churches. As far as being raised Methodist, you know, um, Methodism, as far as the United Methodist Church as an organization has, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very broad spectrum what you're going to get. It's going to differ a lot church to church. But the United Methodist Church in my opinion, has gone uh, so much to the extent where I would say, I would use the word liberal with, with uh, their approach to things, I would say, uh, and I know that's not always a bad word, but I think theologically liberal um, in the sense that, in my opinion, I, I think that some of their decisions um, regarding hot political and social issues have been determined less by the Bible and more by public opinion and pressure. And so I think it's good that you uh, have moved away from that and, um, and you go into legacy. I'd tell you, hey, if, if things are good at legacy, which I, I know they are, uh, I would just encourage you to stay there. But if you go to Calvary Aurora, you know, you're going to be getting the same teaching, same doctrine, and same approach and style. So, Ali, I hope that gives you some direction. God bless you. Let's go to our next caller, Sean in New Jersey. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the program. Pastor, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Um, good. I'm just calling because one of the things I I I, I really really struggle in is is loving other people. I I I know we're you know uh, uh, when we're saved that you know the old person goes away, and it, I just struggle because I think 
my past with um, not having parents and people not love me growing up for my entire life or young life that I, I truly don't have a love for people. Um, and I'm concerned that um, my salvation is in question, um, you know, because it's very clear that if I don't love other people, um, how can I say that I'm a follower of Jesus. And um, I'm looking for some scripture, some prayer, and some areas that, you know, that can help me love other people. I mean, even if someone even just kind of rubs me the wrong way, I, I won't talk to them for a year, um, yeah. a year, year and a half. Um, and it and, and it's a problem. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm just, uh, it's an area that I don't want, I can't talk to my pastor about. I seem, it seems like um, it's, it's an area that my wife is very aware of it, um, um, but it's a prayer that I have all the time. And and, and w- when these opportunities come up to love, I choose to take the easy route and my, um, my past habits route and just walk away and say, you know, I, I don't need you around, you know, I don't need to love you. And, and I'm just generalizing. It could be anybody, not yeah. not my kids or anything like that. It's just it's strangers, people I know, uh, friends. Uh, it could be anybody that I feel that way about. Oh, well, Sean. Hey, you know, the first thing I'd want you to know is that it sounds like you have a great deal of self-awareness, and I think that's so important. It sounds like you really understand where you're at and some of the factors that have led to this and and you can see yourself doing these things that's so important because so many people who struggle with things like this they don't even see it and so that i think that's really good but here's the other thing i would tell you and i hope this encourages you you know the work of the holy spirit in our lives is to uh help us he's called our helper and he helps us to remember what jesus said he helps us to do what god has called us to do and um you know, one of the works of the Holy Spirit that we see in somebody's heart, like one of the things that tells me the evidences of the Holy Spirit that I see in your heart right now and what you're saying to me is that you don't want to be like this. Like you want to do the right thing. You want to please God and you're just struggling to do so. So from that perspective, I really want to set you at ease that I do not have any, I would not call your salvation into question at all, particularly because I see the fact that you are wanting to please God. I mean, that is a huge evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And uh, as Romans 8 says, you know, that if we have the Spirit, we're saved. And if we don't have the Spirit, we're not saved. So take solace in that. And then then continue moving forward with what you can do. So I think about Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 5. You know, it tells us that God's love is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit He's given us. And I just want you to I guess what I would want most of all for you to know is this, that it's, it's take your eyes a little bit off of yourself and what you do and what you need to do and put your eyes and your focus more on Jesus and what he has done for you. And what you will find is that as you do that, your heart, your attitude, your thoughts are going to be transformed. You know, like Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, it says that we are being transformed from glory to greater glory how? As we behold him. So I want you to behold Jesus, consider his love for you. And then remember this, that it, as when you fail to hold on to him, 
the good news of the gospel is that he is still holding on to you and his grip is much tighter than your grip. And yeah. The other thing is this, that um, just continually ask him to give you love and to do the right thing. Because I do believe like second Corinthians talks about how no temptation has come upon us except that which is common to man. And when we're experiencing that temptation, God will give us the strength we need to stand up underneath it. So I, in those moments where you feel yourself doing the wrong thing, I want you to pray and ask God, God, give me the strength to do the right thing right now. Give me the strength to let go of this grudge, Lord, because of you did not hold a grudge against me for my sins against you, my unfaithfulness to you, my shortcomings in regard to you. So I would just continue to point you back to the gospel. And I would also just encourage you with this. Hey, just remember sanctification, that process that God is leading us through of making us uh, more like him, making us holy, making us good. It, it's not a one-day process. It's a process, and that means that it's not one day to the next. There are going to be steps along the way. So I want you to just keep praying about that and looking. look for little opportunities where you can do that. And look for that growth and try and build that momentum of growth by the power of the Holy Spirit also working in you to forgive, to let go of bitterness, to, to make amends. To not just walk away, but do the hard work of loving relationship. Sean, I'll also tell you, the fact that you're married and you're talking to your wife about that, I mean, that that's a success right there. I, I have a friend who grew up um, in an orphanage. You know, like I said, I lived in Hungary, and one of my good friends grew up in an orphanage, abandoned by his parents. And he, um, you know, he struggled in the same with a lot of the same things you're talking about. And, um, and you know, he at one time walked away from his marriage. But he's come back. I see God working in his heart too. So I just want to encourage you in that, that uh, God is working. I can, I can see it and hear it in, your, in what you've said to me and in how you've said it. I just want to encourage you. So let me, let me pray for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Sean. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that despite his difficult upbringing, Lord, you have not forsaken him. You are with him. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought him a loving wife who is patient and understanding with him. Lord, would you also walk with him every step of the way? Would you continue that process of making him more like Jesus? And Lord, would you please bless him and help him to be able to love others the way that you have loved him? Help him, Lord, as he beholds you to be transformed into your image uh, more and more in a greater way. And Lord, I pray that truly he would grow in this area and Lord, that he would... Um, not be too hard on himself, but Lord, that he would be thankful for your grace and that it would overflow out of his life to others. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you, Sean. Appreciate the call. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have about four minutes left in the show. And I told one of our callers earlier, and I absolutely intend to get to it, so I've got, I'm going to use my last, it's actually three minutes, to, to answer this question for you. Why is it important that Jesus be God in order for us to be saved. Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. Uh, I recently read a man named Torrance. He's a theologian, and he talked about this very topic, and it really inspired me. So here's what he said. Christ's deity is essential for our salvation. And here's why. The humanity of Christ is the guarantee of, action, of the action of God among humanity, but the deity of Christ is the guarantee that the work of Jesus is actually the work of God. In other words, uh, in Jesus. The way that we know the love of God is through Jesus. If Jesus is not actually God, then we're talking about a different love than the love of God. But to know the love of Jesus, if Jesus is God, means that we know the love of God itself. 
Another point here is this, that uh, if Jesus is not God, then that changes the message of the cross. It means that God himself didn't come to save us, but that he sent a second party to do it for us. But if Jesus is God, then that means that God himself saves us. And here's why that's important. Only God can forgive sin because it's God against whom we have sinned. And, and what the deity of Jesus means is that the actions of Jesus for us, the cross, was actually the action of God towards us. And, and that's really important. So that's why it matters. We were talking earlier about Neo-Arianism, and we were talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, who do not believe that Jesus is fully God. As the, the creed says, the Nicene Creed, very God of very God. And so we believe as Christians that Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. And, and it's in both his humanity and his deity, both of them were essential for him to be able to save us. In his humanity, because in his human life, he fulfilled all the righteous requirements of God on our behalf. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. But then as being God, he was able to save us because his actions, his saving actions, are um, the actions of God. And truly, salvation is not salvation unless it is the work of God. So I hope that answers that question. Uh, I found it pretty interesting talking about why it was so important that Jesus be God. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This has been Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. So good to pray with you and talk with you on the uh, air today. God bless you. I'll be with you again next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.